This is a download from Sarah Fraser and Associates Limited. For more resources, please go to sfassociates.biz. Welcome to the Lean Thinking edition, or perhaps it's the Thinking Lean session of this podcast. In conversation with me today is Kate Sylvester. So, welcome, Kate. Kate is a national expert on lean thinking who's dedicated many years to helping others introduce lean into their organisations and we're together here in Huddersfield and I've just heard Kate present on capacity and demand and I never tire of hearing that presentation. Kate, I'd like to start with asking you the question about what attracted you personally to the theory, concepts and practicalities of lean. That's a very interesting and long journey but I think what's so important about thinking lean is the idea that when you meet a waiting list through a queue or an inventory as I was experiencing as a practicing ophthalmologist years ago was that that represents waste. It represents waste in the way that we're delivering the care to patients. Patients at that time were waiting five years to get their surgery and in mean thinking, which is what we've learned to practice in the NHS for many years, a queue and a waiting list is seen as an asset, it's seen as an order book, it's seen as a way of you keeping your resources 100% utilised. And so lean is the complete antithesis of that. It's saying, actually, when you've got a queue or a waiting list, that is wasting resource. And anybody who has worked on the shop floor in healthcare or been a patient in healthcare knows just how much wasted effort goes in to managing these great big inventories of patients who are waiting throughout our health service. And that's very different from the way that we've been thinking about waiting lists previously, where they're seen as a way of keeping the theatre 100% utilised, or the clinic 100% utilised, or the hospital beds 100% occupied. So it's a very great contrast to bringing us back to thinking about what are we here to do, we're here to actually help patients get better and get back home and be able to start functioning as they want to. Mm. I understand that and you're certainly very passionate about that. Do you have a, or what's your favourite example of an application of lean in healthcare, something you've been working on and perhaps one that's taken waste out of the system? At a small level, I think the teams who've been working in pathology where the, the process is very visible and it looks very like a factory anyway um, in terms of how we process mm. blood samples and, mm. and specimens. Mm -hmm. There you can see very quickly the inventories, all these samples that sit waiting around the, the whole of the um, laboratory, how if you apply lean then the time it takes for a patient specimen to get through all these great big inventories as they queue at all the machines reduces rapidly. So that means that I in my clinic could have send the patient off for the blood test first uh -huh. thing and have the blood result back ten minutes later instead of actually having to make two appointments to see that patient. Mm. So you're starting now to really make decisions right there at the time that the patient wants them to be made. So there's an example of how thinking about lean, not about improving the productivity of the, the pathology department, but actually the impact it's having on the whole process of care and a much wider system. So that's at a small level. Thinking much more at a, at a sort of higher level of how to apply lean, then thinking about, for example, how we design hospitals. 40% of the surface area of the hospital, and most of the new designs I've had a look at, are waiting rooms mm. and corridors. Shocking. 
So thinking in a lean way about how does the patient actually need to move and where does the care have to happen, you suddenly start to see how you can start to design a service that really starts to deliver care without moving patients around, without moving staff around, having the equipment where you need it. So that's just sort of two levels of magnification of how thinking lean in a way about where all this movement and waste of these inventories is happening is very powerful. What I liked about both your examples you gave there was the impact on the patient, both the pathology example and the large-scale example you gave there. So from what I heard in those examples was that although lean is something that's come, as we know, from Toyota, you've translated it there into something that has a direct impact for patients. Absolutely. And, and that really leads to my next question, which was wondering to what extent lean has needed to be adapted for healthcare. So in your language there, you use the word shop floor, which might come from factories, yet you're able to translate through the application into its impact for patient. But I'm just wondering how much has needed to be changed. I think with all these things in our experience of, of, of learning a new way of thinking, and it always comes attached with its language, and, and you, you learn, and quite rightly have picked me up on, on something that I've, I've learned is that it does take time for people to do the translation from where they are now to really understanding this different way of thinking and how it works. And as people go through that journey, they start to understand what these terms actually mean. When people first meet it, it sounds terribly alien and terribly aggressive and not, nothing to do with patient care. But as people start to see the principles in action, they start to make that translation for themselves and the language becomes much more acceptable and you learn that these words that we use for other things actually have their own very specific meaning. So people do learn the language that goes with lean quite quickly and it is acceptable. So translating, it just takes time. And my experience of trying to translate it the other way and say, well, you know, that's an unacceptable term, we won't use that, mm. is that what it actually did for the early pioneers who worked on this stuff was it cut them off from all the knowledge that's already out there mm. because they then couldn't relate to the literature that had been published or the people who'd been practising it in manufacturing because they couldn't do the translation for themselves because we were insisting that we were going to make it healthcare language rather than mm. this language of how the philosophy actually works. Mm. No, I, can, I can understand, I can see that. That tension, it's a paradox. It's a paradox. There, but but a, a useful one. I think many methodologies come across that. Yes, yeah, that's, that's right. What do you see as the future for, for lean in the National Health Service or in healthcare general? I, I personally, passionately believe it's got to be the way that we go. And I was just thinking just now as you were asking questions about you know, using leans at different parts of the system. At the moment, as taxpayers and patients and customers of healthcare across the world, we take on a phenomenal amount of the waste from our health service. So when I went out into industry, the company that I joined, and there were 15,000 employees in that company, at any one time 4,000 employees were off work waiting to get healthcare treatment. Now the NHS would not have measured that as their waste that they were adding on society. So unless we actually do have our healthcare managers and our politicians and the people who are responsible for taking our taxpayer money and using it in a really cost-effective way for us, the taxpayers, then I don't see any other way of actually starting to get that value for us, the taxpayers, out unless we have managers across the services throughout the world who think in this lean way, where is the waste 
that's been generated by keeping weak patients waiting for healthcare. It has to be the only way currently that we know of that really starts to think of it from that point of view. And perhaps leading on from that, what would be Kate's ideal project? Kate's ideal project? Kate's ideal project would be in an organisation, a healthcare organisation, that passionately believed it was about making people better. So their number one measure, if they were a hospital, would be their hospital standardised mortality rate. That would be the thing that the board looked at every month as the first measure on their papers. And that they were determined to make their hospital better than the average hospital in England. And on top of that, actually make sure that they were improving the number of patients who were being harmed or injured or hurt by their service would be the start. And I think in learning that process about how do they get that quality by delivering the right care at the right time in place would be a real challenge and a delightful organisation to work for. And I think there are a few in the world now who are beginning to think like that. So I think it's very exciting. So an ideal project would be one that was focused on improving the quality of care by getting it delivered in the right place at the right time. Sounds fabulous, Kate. If someone wants to get in touch with you, how do they get in touch with you if they'd like to do that project? Well, they can get in touch with me um, two ways. One at kate at kate.sylvester.com and the other way is to get in touch with me through www.stain.org.uk Thank you very much, Kate.